And welcome to Stepping Into CI. We have an, our normal podcast, which is actually a day or maybe a week and a day late. <laughs> um, we're going to try to catch up next week. We should be back on schedule. Um, but we are going to talk today about purpose. This is our ongoing podcast where we talk about anything and everything that we think um, sort of influences our classes in a positive way. Whatever fits our fancy. Right. That as well. I've always wanted to use that phrase like in a professional it. setting. It fits it's my fancy. Right. And so this, but it is, it's just, it's dedicated to things. We go, man, this really worked. Let's talk about it. Or man, this is a really hot topic in our community. Maybe we should talk about this. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or man, this is a really confusing topic and I finally got a grasp on it. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Or man, (laughs) this sucked. We should talk about it. (laughs) So basically it goes back to the fits our fancy thing. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Today, like the title, you came up with this awesome title actually last year and we've been holding on to it. I don't know (laughs) if you realize how long we've been holding on to it. The Purpose of Purpose, which I think is the best title ever. I'm going to have a blast picking out which picture I choose to go with. A picture of a porpoise. (gasps) Oh my gosh. (laughs) John will be so pleased with us. (laughs) John is our our notes teacher in our school and he's actually going to be interviewed with us next Next week week. when we get back on schedule. So actually it'll be in two weeks. We're actually technically on schedule. Oh, we are on schedule now. We are, except that we are a day late. Okay, so we're only Um. a day late. (laughs) And I will be honest with you guys. I got called to an emergency meeting yesterday and I had a doctor's appointment and I dropped the ball on that one. So Rachel, apologies. I know. And I was crying. I know you were, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I definitely didn't just just forget about it myself. We are sorry. We, but, we tend to be kind of crazy busy. But you know what? It is what it is. So yeah, it is. Let's talk about purpose. Yes. And why don't you start? Because I I came up with the overreaching part of this, but you came up with this very first step, and I think it's so cool. How we kind of fell into, I'm using air quotes here, fell into um, purpose. Right. And and. It basically is, is something we started stumbling across last year, kind of on our own. We have been um, doing a bunch of different things that were comprehensible input. And what we have found is the compelling part could sometimes be missing. And that's still a really essential yeah. part. So um, caring, we both had down really well. Comprehensible, we had down. but And com- compelling, we had with the overall stories that we were doing and with the overall activities we were doing. But we were missing some level of compellingness and we started experimenting with leaving out information or just doing anything we could to sort of make it so the next step was much more important and the kids wanted to get there and um one of the things that that Miriam started doing which was really really cool this is I mean seriously I credit you with this because it was like when my mind opened up to this me yes it was because we were both teaching Latin 2 Miriam was planning Latin 2 um, and I was times. I was planning Latin three, um, and so we were both teaching Latin two at the time. And on her lesson plan, we've talked about this a couple of times. We've presented over this a couple of times. We yeah. did QR codes. We did a QR code dictation, and guys, and we have to give a shout out to Meredith White because yes. I got that activity from her. So um, shout out to Meredith White. If you don't follow her, you should find her and follow her. She's yeah, she's amazing, <laughs> um, and she's like big. 
she's really big into like advocacy in our own state. Yeah, and everything. she's actually really big in. Um, if you guys participate in the Lang Chat um, yeah. conversations, I think it's still on Thursday nights, yeah. but maybe it's Wednesday nights. I don't remember. But she's actually, I think, and don't yell at me if I'm wrong. Uh, don't quote me here. I'm pretty sure that she is actually leading those conversations this year or has a hand in leading those. I think, I think so she's too. one of the moderators, yeah. um, but she's, she's a big name. If you find her on Twitter, I think it's like PRHS Spanish. Find her on Twitter. She's on, she's on Facebook, of course. And she's, and she's a part of all of these groups. Yeah, she so is. she, you've definitely run across her. At and some she's point. awesome and nice. Just adding that in. And from that, and now from that word from our sponsors, we <laughs> right. will get back to purpose. We're we not receiving money from Meredith White. All right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we started doing, um, we were doing, we were experimenting with different ways to do dictations that were more compelling than reading a story and having the kids write it down. So we, um, she, Miriam made this QR code dictation where they get to wander around, they have to find the QR codes. Um, and in it, she made it where it was a puzzle. There were a bunch of clues, but they didn't know what the clues were leading to. We didn't know what was being described. Right. And so there was a further purpose. You were gathering the clues so that you could make the case that what that was being described was a certain thing. Yeah. Um, and that certain thing was unicorn. We were doing tasks before we knew it. I know. That's why. Oh, I'm my saying. gosh. Yeah. So we kind <laughs> of stumbled blown. into this. Yeah. So that, like, clarified for me. Oh my gosh, having this further purpose mm -hmm. made this meaningful in a way that it hadn't been before. And I'm not talking about like, I'm blowing the kids' minds meaningful. They're not going to come out of it with like a lesson for life, perhaps. You never know. Those Some come from did. weird places. I, know. So, <laughs> I was going to say, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> one of my, my, my biggest lessons for life came from when my, my dad was like, Oh my gosh, if you're hurting, get some medicine. Because I kept saying, no, oh my gosh, my head. That's true. No, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and that's that was so like right. a huge lesson for life. I'm like, if, if I'm not going to do something about it, I need to shut up. You know what one of mine was? <laughs> Being told if you're thirsty, go get a glass of water. <laughs> You'd be surprised. That seems like such a natural thing. Gosh, I'm so thirsty. Why don't you get some water? I oh, go get some water. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it could. But generally speaking, these are not like mind-blowing purpose. These are not changing everything. But what they are is they are changing the focus mm -hmm. of what they're doing. They're now gaining information for something else, yeah. not just to have the information. And that's really that was really like this eye-opening moment. And I'll say that I had as a background to this, we were like I said, we were kind of falling towards this. We were. Um as a background to this, I had started listening to TVBBT the summer before that. Mm -hmm. um, so two summers ago, um, I started listening to Tea with BBP, and I had gotten um, to the point where he had sort of talked a lot about purpose, but it hadn't really like crystallized in my head. Well, and, it, and I think it needs, I do think it needs the time to do that yeah. because f for many, for, uh, you know what, I'll just, for many, if not most, if not all of us foreign language teachers, there's nothing better than learning a language for the sake of learning a language, right. you know? Like, why wouldn't I, that be your... Why wouldn't that be great? Like, I mean, you know, like, for example, I, I, I've studied a lot of languages to varying degrees, and, and, I'm, and I'm working on a few right now on my own, and I have purpose to do that. Like, my boyfriend speaks Chinese. His mother only speaks Chinese. I need to know how to speak Chinese. But then there are other things like, uh, the, just for the sake of it, I want to learn Irish Gaelic so bad, um, and it's 
because I'm Irish right, right. <laughs> and there's, there's no real purpose to it. But I think that like a lot of us language teachers, if not most, if not all of us, we're like, why wouldn't you want to learn Spanish? Yeah, why wouldn't you want to learn French? Why wouldn't you want to learn Vietnamese or whatever? And, and well, for most of our kids, they need, there's gotta be more. something, there's gotta yeah. be something else. Yeah. And the grade is fine, but that's going to give the, give you their least effort. Oh yeah, exactly. And I want to be clear here. I want to say something here. Here you go. This is the, the, the Miriam statement that might ruffle feathers. Purpose and motivation are different. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. And I am of the mind that it's not my job to motivate my students. It is my job to provide compelling, caring, and comprehensible input. Right. Well, and so for this is where it gets down to what is the definition of motivation? Yep. And that can get to very complicated. And we may actually eventually do a blog. We might. I call it blog post. I know. I know BBP has done a couple of different ones. Yeah, like this, and I know that I was part of that conversation for one of them. But I and Stephen Crashton wrote an article called The Death, I think, of Motivation. I think so. I think you're right. Um, so that was one that you could also look into. But mm-hmm. the point is, ultimately, the point is this changed everything for yeah. me. Like I finally had that that part that wasn't quite clicking for me. It fell into place. And I was like, I understand now. Yep. This is what we're supposed to do. If we take it, now does it mean that we don't do other things to lead up to this part because it of matters. Course. You can't do every we single don't. thing and have an extra purpose for every single thing you do. Just like, just like with, honestly, just like with CI, I mean, the vast majority of, of, of the way we teach with, with CI, um, with the philosophy of comprehensible input is draining, exhausting. Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. So just like with that, you can't come in every single day with this huge purpose and this huge, you know, whether it's a task or a, a purpose, well, actually an activity with a purpose is a task. So yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing here, but you can't come in with this, the absolutely most compelling purpose every day. It's like, it's like they say in an episode of how I met your mother, where he says, you know, Barney's like, my goal is to make every night legendary. And Ted is like, but if every night's legendary, then no light, no night is legendary. Right. Then it's all just, yeah, the same. it's all just, it's all just average. So the same thing I think applies here, you know, like we were just talking about before we started recording that when you do tasks, they don't all have to be these huge, meaningful purposes. And and that's actually what I tend towards only because that's what I feel like I know. Right. But, you know, I was talking to Rachel about this task that I'm going to do on Thursday, which really doesn't have this giant, meaningful purpose. The purpose is to find out what animal you are by... Like a- BuzzFeed quiz. A BuzzFeed quiz. And this I took directly from you. You started the whole BuzzFeed quiz phenomenon here. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna check off, like, do you do this often or rarely? Should you do it? Or do you try to do it, but you fail miserably? And then they're going to count up their answers and they're going to find out what animal there are. And we're going to find out how many, you know, lions, tigers, and bears we have right. in my class. Oh, That'd my. That would be fun. Um, but so, so I, I don't, I want to specify that we're not saying that you have to have one of these things every single day. Right. Plus they get boring if you do them every single day. Right. Well, it's again, too much of a good thing actually can be bad. And this is the same type of thing. So, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump into, to what you are going to go, where you're going to go with this. I want to say before we do that, I want to point out one thing and I put it on here and. This is actually, I think, where we really started with this because this happened even before. Yeah, no, this the QR code. One of the things that the, the switch to standards-based grading yeah. gives purpose to everything you do. Now, it gives a different kind of purpose. It's still language-related purpose, which means you can't. And this actually came up in a discussion on one of the Facebook groups. Um, how do you create a blood, an authentic or some kind of task? And one of the answers given was, "Well, have you looked at the actual can-do statements?" And what ultimately comes from that is that, yeah, as as from 
and this is this is more akin to like backstage work in theater. Okay. When I backwards design my things, I'm always thinking about the skills and the things that I want my right. kids to do. If the focus, however, of those things is these standards, it's not a task because it's not free from the purpose of language learning. Right. Um, so yeah, you should always be looking at whatever your standards or your 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 performance indicator, whatever you're calling them these days, is, but you can't use them to create a task and have that be the sole purpose. Right. That being said, though, this is where we really started with this whole purpose piece. We started, we switched to standards-based grading four years ago. Three years ago. That's right. That's right. It was my last year at Duluth when I did all the research. And then when I came here was when we started. So three years ago. Um, And I decided to separate assessments out by standard Uh to make them easier for students to see why we were asking them to do what we were asking them to do. And then you started to put them on the test itself, which provided even more clarity. And that's kind of where we really started into this. Well, And it it made us like look at everything we did and go... Mm -hmm. Is this really, is this, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Does this have, does this have a purpose for me? Yeah. Am I gaining knowledge about their abilities from. And does it have a purpose for them in regards right. to the language ability in class? Like, do they see what this is or is this a meaningless thing? And it was so, hard. Yeah. I and mean, honestly, to go back and reflect on yourself and go, oh man, I've been doing something that's kind of worthless. Well, and it made us kind of reevaluate all the things that we do and how we could do them better. Like, yeah. for example, true false statements can tell you a lot about a kid. But they're still kind of this close-ended, they're very close-ended, you got 50% chance of getting it right. right, this very close-ended question, what if we opened it up, and we all do this now, what if we opened it up and said, this statement is true, find something in the text that shows me how. Well, another one you've done is this statement is false. Show me what makes it false. Yeah, yeah. I actually took that from uh, our illustrious department head, Dr. Patrick, oh. Dr. Bob Patrick. Bob Patrick PhD. Um, I should point out, you know, we say these things a lot. We make fun of him a lot. He doesn't know that we do this. Um, we're not doing this at his behest or anything like that. We just, we just think it's, it's funny how many people don't know that I'm related to him. <laughs> That's really what it stems from. So there you go. There's your bit. <laughs> um, and then, so then we fell into this whole, you know, leaving bits of pieces of information out. And the great thing about that, that you were talking about, is that it leaves it open-ended. Because, you know, yes, I'm wanting us to get to the unicorn at the end of this. And by the way, I just want to point out, if you don't speak Latin or you don't read Latin, you might not be aware of this. But the ancient Roman unicorn is not what we know and love today. The ancient Roman unicorn, no. The ancient Roman unicorn had the tail of a boar, the body of a the the body of a horse, the head of a deer, and one single four foot long shiny black horn in the middle of its head. Furthermore, it was considered the most savage of beasts and could kill anything in its path, including an elephant, which it would lift off the ground and then throw. Um, And so you can imagine the students would run around and they would find it has the tail of a boar. It has the body of a horse. It has this, this and this. We left out the the horn, though. That's what elephant legs. I forgot. Yeah, it's elephant legs. legs. I forgot about those elephant legs. So and then and the great thing about those kinds of things, though, is you and I both do this all the time. You have them do it on a Thursday mm-hmm. and then tell them you'll find out what it is on Monday. Yep. Even better if you're going to be absent on Friday because <laughs> <laughs> it creates that. But but it's still open-ended. So like when I ask students to create a, a, a monster this way or create an animal this way, none of them were wrong. 
you know, as long as they included the pieces of information they already had. It wasn't the answer I was looking for, but it was open-ended. But that ultimately led us into tasks. We pulled this book from BVP, Tasks in Communicating in Foreign Language Classrooms. Probably. Tasks and communicating in... I put in the target language, but I think I'm wrong. No, you are because it's in lang- in language classrooms. It's just language classrooms. Sorry. We, you, if you haven't been listening us to us long, you don't know this, but we never have once gotten this book title right. <laughs> we try so hard. Only when we were reading it as we introduced ourselves. Uh, no, <laughs> and the even, then, we, even then there were multiple times that we didn't <laughs> get it right. We had to close the book and look. And I will link to our book study on this in um, this blog post, in the post for this um, book study, not book study, podcast. podcast, if you're interested to see that book study. But that's where we are now is is tasks and and making sure that when we do a task that they have a purpose outside of um, just learning the language or using the language to learn for learning its sake. Wait. English is fine. My English yeah. is fine. Um, I'm going to pause this long enough to go, okay, we've been flinging this word around. Which which word? Purpose. Yeah. So let's define it. The f- purpose is the end result. Mm. Purpose is the end result. I like that. Something that you want for your end result. And so... Wait, you mean to tell me that this whole thing relates back to backward design? It does. What? Everything. Whoa! Design is everything. <sighs> That's the sound of my mind exploding, guys. (laughs) No, I think that's a really good definition. I mean, because and to be quite honest, and I we all hear it in different ways. What's your elevator speech? What's your big why? What's your little why? Whatever it is. Right. Um, Your purpose should be answerable in one sentence. What is the purpose of this? Right. And and whether you're doing this on a task level, on a, a standards level or simply on on a basic activity level, we did a, a communicative activity today where we were reading chapter three of Itinera Petri. What was my purpose to read chapter three of Itinera yeah. Petri? Now, we did it communicatively. You know, we read and we discussed and we asked questions, but. That was my purpose. It wasn't, you know, blow your mind or, and it wasn't huge and deep, but, you know, it, it served a purpose. Well, and I think that's one of the things that, that we have to emphasize here. Not every single thing we do has mm-hmm. that extra purpose. I would love for it to. I would love for everything we do. The kids don't even realize they're thinking in Latin and we do wonderful things. We still do wonderful things, but yeah, it's, a lot of times it's still about Latin. And that's okay. That's okay. It's just, I, as much as possible, we try to build to these other purposes. Yeah. You know, I think this feeds into a lot of this conversations that's going around right now on targeted versus untargeted comprehensible input. Okay. Yeah. And that's certainly not what this is about, oh. <laughs> but I, and, and, and we could probably do a whole series on this. You know, I think we said this in the last podcast. We did that a lot. <laughs> um, but I just do want to, I do want to say this. I, you know, I am, am of the mind that a hybrid classroom when it comes to grammar translation and CI is, is not what's best for kids. Um, and, and I am of the CI philosophy, but there are two different types of CI targeted and untargeted. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with a marriage of both. Mm-hmm. I think that hundred percent targeted runs some risks. And I think hundred percent untargeted is great if you are in a space to do that. We are in, I think one of the most liberal when it comes to what we're allowed to do in our classroom spaces that that we can get. And yet, I think we still need to do that mix of targeted and untargeted. And you can have purpose within both is what I'm really getting to. You know, 
sometimes that purpose is a little more language learning. We're reading chapter three or language acquiring. We're reading chapter three. We're doing this. We're doing this. And sometimes it's completely, almost completely untargeted. What animal are you? Right. You know, what quality is important for a guardian? I mean, it's targeted in that I've, I know what vocabulary I've put onto this paper. Right. But it's untargeted and where it's going to go. And the kids can talk about whatever they want. Right. Well, and, and I will say that if you are in a situation where you have to teach grammar, because I've been yeah. in situations. Yeah. Bringing tasks into it can actually help you absolutely bring grammar better into it too, mm-hmm. um, because one of the things that you provide with a task, which will eventually, I think, have some stuff more dedicated to defining this, and of course you can do the book study, which where we define it multiple times repeatedly uh, because that was what the book study was for. Um, but but tasks, one of the things that that you do with a task is you provide a lexical guide. Yes. Tasks are actually a means of seeming like you're doing output, and there's definitely student choice involved, but you're actually still giving them more input. Absolutely. And so I did a task. This was not aimed at this, but it just happened to work that way. Yeah. I did a task earlier this week. No, it was last. No, it was earlier this week. We read some poems that Marshall wrote about food. Um, They were all like about, oh, I'm giving you this gift. And then the second line, which is a very Marshall thing to do, one of the poems was actually nice because he was definitely kissing up to whoever that was. Um, but <laughs> the others were like, here's this stuff. You can try to get a rich person to buy you something better, but they're probably not going to. You should just buy it yourself. Mm. Or um, here's this stuff. It, if it was better stuff, it wouldn't be going to you. You know what that reminds me and- of? Ingrid Bergman? Oh, oh no, no. Okay, I'm getting her name wrong. But she is... She's not the barefoot. No, she is the barefoot Contessa. The barefoot. Oh, that's not barefoot Contessa. Um, that's Ina Garden. Ina Garden. Thank you. Well, Ingrid Ingrid Bergman. I was kind of close, <laughs> but she does that whole. You know, I like to get I like to get fresh crab from my local fisherman's market, and then she goes in and buys like this three hundred dollar crab, and then she says things like, "And if you can't, store bought is fine," and then she proceeds. To... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's what that feels like. Oh, yeah, no, it was definitely, it's meant to be harsh. Um, So we read these, and we talked about what he did to to make his points. And Mm -hmm. then um, afterwards, we talked about the foods that we've been trying in class. We're doing a a food unit for Latin for. She's setting the bar real high for me next year, and I don't know how I'm going to do with it. (laughs) It's been so much fun, though. Um, So uh, I'm pointing, which helps you not at all, so I will describe better. I got I, I, it. I got the yeah, message. Good. <laughs> um, I set up these categories. It could be for someone odiosus. Mm-hmm. So someone odiosus, someone um, someone about whom nihil curas, you don't care. Oh, no cares. Um, yeah. And then there is someone carus, carior, and carisimus. So like oh dear, dearer, and dearest. And then they had to take these different foods and place them under oh, that's the cool. descriptor. Right. Yeah. It's very simple. But be, with the descriptor, it was um, C blank to be, oh, I'm sorry, to be dumb. I couldn't think of the word dumb. Right, so if so I if, should give this blank thing to you. Right. Um, then to uh, me, to me, as, or sorry, sis, I really can't think. I'm sorry, guys. To me, sis, uh, and that would be odiosus or uh, deite nihil kuro. 
Okay, so so essentially saying like if you gave me this thing, this is how I would feel about you. Right. This is what. So this for example, means. if you gave me a dark chocolate Reese's peanut butter cup right now, I would think the world of you. Well, no, if I were to give you a oh, dark, oh no, that Reese's well, yeah, yeah. If you that give means, to me, that means that I think highly of you. Oh, my sign to you, right? And so okay, they did in the subjunctive, so they got a little bit of that that subjunctive practice in yeah and and also conditionals mm-hmm. plus all of the words like we're not actually work working on this in latin four at this mm-hmm. point but it naturally occurred that all of the words that i gave them in the word bank to to categorize were in the accusative case yeah because they're the things being given yeah well and, and you know and i want to throw this out here you know a lot of times people who teach with the comprehensible input philosophy um are are often thought of that we don't teach grammar. And that's just not true. Um, we said this multiple times, and I'm probably preaching to the choir here. But, you know, there's a lot of purpose in grammar, and, and nobody's ever said that there isn't. However, in order for grammar to make sense, there needs to be acquiring before the grammar, and students need to be ready to self-monitor. And this is a conversation I'm having with my own students in Latin 3, right. um, which reminds me that I need to get the grammar notes ready for Friday. <laughs> um, so my purpose on Friday is is to be able to provide students with something that helps them self-monitor. And, you know, and I just want to throw this out here. If you are in a situation where you have to teach grammar, there are ways, you know, and I don't want to say that you're like going behind someone's back and doing it, but you are still the master of your classroom. And there are things that you can do. So for example, if you, if you know that, you know, uh, what's something that all languages have, the subjunctive is going to be, well, except for English, <laughs> but that's English debatable. English, English has it. We just don't use it the way we're supposed to. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> You know, if, if you know the subjunctive is going to be on the test, why aren't you allowed to let your kids make their, teach it, let your kids make their own grammar resource, and then let them use it? Well, and a lot of you know? teachers do allow kids to have notes on tests. Yeah. And so if you're, if you, if that's allowed in your school, then it's not a weird thing to be exactly. doing. Exactly. Um, that's it. Oh, oh sorry. My Someone's son, phone's going my off. My son is going, talking to me. And in case you're not aware, that was a Jawa. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, so this, I mean, I think this is an important uh, sidebar from what we were talking about. Um, and it's both related and unrelated to what we're talking about today. But, you know, if you are in a situation where you have to do completely targeted, or if you're in a situation where you're doing completely untargeted, or if you're in a situation where you have to do, you know, some explicit grammar prior to when we know kids are ready for it, but, you know, there are ways to do it and not lose this compelling piece of comprehensible input. Right. You know, um, so like what I'm doing in level three, and, and by the way, the way that I knew my kids were ready was when they did a self-analysis of their writing, they started to say things like, this was better because I used more adjectives. Mm-hmm. I noticed that I started to incorporate verb endings. Um, and, and I certainly didn't use those words with them. I never, I never say, guys, today we're learning adjectives. I never said that to them. So the fact that they're starting to do it themselves means they're ready. So now, we have a notebook dedicated to grammar. I'm looking around the room like I'm going to find one to show you. I'm not. <laughs> Again. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's the teacher thing, right? We're very visual. In we are. <laughs> um, but we all have a notebook. And I want to be clear on this. This is something I pushed when I talked about free voluntary reading. And I want to push it again right now. You need to be in this 100% with your kids. I always prepare my own grammar notebook before the day of. And I show it to my kids as an example. Here is what we're doing. This is what we're doing today. This is what we're creating today. And I work, rather than working with my kids to take grammar notes and then memorize them, we create 
their own personal grammar book, Mm -hmm. their grammar resource that they can then go and reference and use. What language teacher doesn't have a copy of 500 X verbs conjugated? I know I got one, 501 Latin verbs conjugated right on that book shelf. I have the Oxford Latin grammar here. I have another Latin grammar that I donated to the program here. And I've got, I got Alan and Grimm at home along with somebody else whose name is blowing my mind right now. By blowing my mind, I mean out of my mind. Um, So, I mean, we all have them. Yes. We all use them. I check them on occasion. I mean, what really, if we're, if if, if I'm honest, the purpose of teaching grammar for me is not to necessarily have them memorize grammar rules, but rather to have them create a resource and know how to use it. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to use that so that no matter what language they end up taking in college, and most of them will have to if they go to a traditional college, um, they've got a resource they can use. Talk about life skills. Bam. There you go. So yeah, um, that's, that's uh, kind of where I go with it too. Yeah. My Latin fours are on their second year of, of doing grammar. My APs are doing their second year of grammar. They're doing a lot more grammar than the Latin fours are mm-hmm. um, because I've got to get them ready for AP. But, you know, the, we're allowed to have conversations in AP about the language that would have never flown with a lot of the kids that yeah. that took these lower courses. Of course. They weren't ready for them anyway. Right. But, I mean, we have conversations about where words come from, which words are related to what, why do these two words go together, what poetic form is this, um, and it's great. Yeah. With those kids. Yeah. But the, but the, and I want to, that that would not have worked for. Right. I want to bring this back around to our topic (laughs) just a little bit, but they all have a purpose. Yeah. You know, the purpose, you know, and, and, and so we're trying to, we're trying to show you how this can work no matter what your situation is. Yeah. You know, and this is something, again, you won't do this every single day, every single minute. Is this something where you can go in and try to do something Mm -hmm. just a little bit? You don't have to make it everything you do. Yeah. So in fact, on Thursday, when we're doing this little mini, what animal are you task? We'll start the day by doing the day in the weather and a news item in Latin. We'll discuss that in Latin. Then we're actually going to take a break and we're going to talk about Latin four. I'm jumping on the promotion trail early. I want them all in Latin four. I know it's not possible, but I want it. We're going to talk about how Latin affects their college, how language affects their, their opportunities for college and, and what that means. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this task and then we're going to do a timed write. This task, I anticipate taking no more than 15 ish minutes. Right. So you know? it's not even the biggest part. You know, it isn't. It absolutely isn't. And and so that's okay. That's my point is that yeah. that's okay. Yeah. The point is the purpose of purpose is to give something more to what you're teaching, but it does not have to be everything you yeah. do. And guys, always baby steps, please. Like, Unless you're us. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, you know, and I say well, I that. Feel like we, I feel like we took baby steps on this for us. I think we, by yeah, our standards. For, <laughs> by our standards. <laughs> well, and I want to say, you know, there, every teacher that presents on CI says one, something akin to start when you're ready, pick one thing and try it. And I agree with that wholeheartedly, but I also agree with, if you want to try it all, try it all. You know, I started teaching with CI the moment I stepped into the classroom and it was a mistake. I don't regret it. 
but it was a mistake. There we go. Um, and and it was and it was honestly a horrific experience, not because I was using CI, but because I had jumped into a very well-established program and changed everything. Right. And I don't know that I would do that differently per se. I might do something differently, but I think it's an important experience for me to have because I learned a lot from it. Right. So there it is. Um, but I but I do want to say, like, if you jump in and you try everything and you fail, that's fine. Yeah. You know, we fail some days and we come back and we do it again the very next day. And if it turns out, okay, I can't do this because I cannot do this level of energy planning, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And we're aware that there's a lot of planning involved in that. Yeah. Um, although there are days that aren't. There are days that aren't, but definitely there are, there, there can be. So if you go in and you jump in and then you're like, I can't do all of this at the same time. Take a step back. Yep. You don't have to do it all. If you want to go gung-ho, go for it. Just, you know, be okay if you fail. In other words, what we're saying is do what's best for you. Yes. (laughs) That is basically what we're saying. Yeah. Here's, we, we have this to supply things that we enjoy, care about, are successful or sometimes unsuccessful for us. Whatever fits our fancy. Whatever fits our fancy. (laughs) Um, But partly just because these conversations, we would like them to be out there. So we're putting Mm -hmm. them out there. Absolutely. It does not mean that we judge you if you're not doing these things. Right. So we're, I think we're keeping pretty much to time here. And I think we're coming to our, to our ending here. Yeah, I know. I just want to do a quick review of kind of the different kinds of purpose that we talked about today. We talked about purpose in the standards that you choose. And this is like a whole class thing. So standards that go in the grade book or whatever. We talked about standard or purpose in the types of assessments you give and the parts of an assessment that you give. And this is pretty much, you know, the backstage kind of thing. Like, what skills do I want them to have? That's a purpose. It's not task purpose, but it is a purpose. We talked about purpose and the compelling piece, that you can use purpose to make something compelling. We're talking about this cool monster. I'm going to keep a piece away, hide it from everyone, and and use that to foster discussion. Um, We talked about purpose in regards to tasks and having purpose outside of the sake of learning a language. Purpose is finding out what Hogwarts house you belong to. Purpose is discussing what foods you like and what foods you dislike and what that means for how you judge somebody. Purpose um, to find out what animal you are. Purpose to talk about, you know, the actions we take every day and whether or not they demonstrate good qualities. Um, And and these can be simple tasks. They can be complex tasks. They can run the gamut. If you're going to be an actful, we are presenting on this. Yes. Um, We're presenting on tasks and communicating in the comprehensible input classroom. Um, This is uh, my presentation, Miriam Patrick's, along with Rachel Ashes, Bob Patrick's, and Keith Toda's. Um, and I really hope that if you're there, you'll come by and at least say hello to us. Yes. <laughs> we know we're in a, a competitive time slot, we if are. you will. <laughs> um, there are lots of great things, by the way, going on at Actful. But that's kind of what we talked about today. We also talked about the purpose of grammar and that grammar can have a purpose inside the comprehensible input classroom. It's just that that purpose varies from year to year. It's not an explicit purpose until the kids are ready for it. Prior to it, it's an implicit purpose that shows itself in their readings, in the lexical guides on tasks, and even in our conversation. My kids were doing indirect speech I think week two of Latin one. Really early. Yeah, really early. And can I be honest with you guys? The only thing that I changed was how I taught the word, that word. Dixit, dicit in in Latin is what introduces indirect speech. And so I just said, dixit means said that. Mm-hmm. And that changed the ball game for us. So, you know, the, and maybe we should do a podcast. You know what? We'll talk about it later. 
Um, so we talked about lots of different kinds of purposes today. So before we close, we're really trying to keep hard to our time here and we're just barely over the mark. Um, I want to invite you to join the conversation. I want to give shout outs to um, Maria, uh, who was talking about our stepping into CI website and our packaged unit that came out. Nice. We talked about this in our reading and our yeah. last reading thing. I want to give her another shout out. I want to give a shout out to Jason. Jason, you're always my favorite. <laughs> and a shout out to Lance. We've had some really great conversations over the last couple of weeks. So thank you guys. Join our conversation. Hashtag stepping into CI. Um, next Two weeks from today, uh, well, two weeks from yesterday, we will be um, having our interview with John. John Folk is our brand new Latin teacher, as we said earlier. Um, this is his first year doing CI on his own in a classroom setting like this. Right. Um, he's taught before. He was a student teacher in Illinois, and he's taught actually English in Turkey before. Um, he and I bond so much on our love for um, for those kinds of food and the language okay. and people. We just we kind of reminisce every once in a while. Um, and uh, so we're going to be talking to him and interviewing him, and that's great. And I also want to give a little preview. I guess well, not even really a preview, but just a reminder that next week is our last reading book study. Amazing. Yeah, last next week is it. So next Wednesday day will be the the chapter seven of the book whisperer and chapter something of redecide i don't have redecide with me today but um but that's what we're doing so be sure to check us out there uh, join our conversation and we hope you guys tune in if you've got questions about purpose or tasks if you want to know what standards we use or um, how we actually a better question would be how we came up with those standards right. rather than what standards we use because they change a lot it's changed a lot <laughs> it's that's changed scary. a lot um then feel free to tweet us, comment on our blog post, shoot us an email. Um, and thank you guys. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>